Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Proverbs, chapter 9, verse 1 through 6, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15 through 20, the Gospel according to John, chapter 6, verse 51 through 58, and Psalm 34, verse 9 through 14. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. I was talking to my friend Mark this week, and we were actually talking about the Ephesians reading and we were, he was mentioning that he, he'd never heard make the most of the time for the days are evil. He'd never heard it quite like he heard it this week when he heard it. He'd heard this, this reading from Ephesians many times before, but all of a sudden, make the most of the time meant something to him. He said, I'd been, I'm not taking for granted any of the time I have anymore. I'm, I want to make the most of my time, he said, for, for months I didn't get to see people I wanted to see. For months, I didn't get to come into this space or be with the people I wanted to be with. For so long, there have been pieces of my life that I have not been able to experience, pieces that I love. And he said, I hear this, and I hear Paul saying, make the most of the time. And I said, yes, he said, I want to make the most of my time. I want my time to be about the people and the things that I love, the things for which I care, the things that make my life real and whole and complete. I want to make the most of the time. And I totally get that. I I was going some other direction. I was thinking about all of these different texts and and, uh, thinking, how am I going to explain to these people eating Jesus' flesh? Oh, great. And, And Mark just knocked me down and said, I've got to make the most of my time. And I thought, how, how do we make the most of our time? Us. How do we make the most of our time? For the days, Paul says, are evil. And I know that language can be difficult for us to grasp, but he looks around and recognizes the darkness and violence of the world, recognizes the uncertainty of so much that is right in front of his people. And he's honest says, these are dark times, these are evil times. The time you have, don't squander it. So we might come together and say, how do we make the most of our time? And the answer should be obvious, by eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood. Duh. No, that's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. Um, it's really weird. Uh, the verse right after this, you'll hear it next week. Uh, when he says it, a bunch of people just leave. They're like, yeah, um... That's it. We kind of thought the water to wine thing was cool, but this just is a little too far. Uh, have a good day. And they, they're done with the Jesus movement, right? His disciples themselves, and you'll hear them say this next week, go, um, well, this is a really difficult teaching, which is a really polite way for a student to say to the teacher, what are you doing, right? And if Jesus had a PR firm, they'd be like, enough 
with the because he keeps going, right? He doesn't say it once. He keeps saying it, and you go, ooh, it's a metaphor. And then he just keeps, he's like, eat my flesh and drink my blood, or else you're not going to have eternal life. And you're like, okay, we get it. You're not making this easier for us, right? And yet, here it is. Here it sits before us. Jesus standing before us saying, the way you live your life, the way you make the most of your time, the way that you comport yourselves, the way that you compose your daily life in the midst of so much struggle, strife, uncertainty, and confusion, is you eat my flesh and you drink my blood. Now, it'd be easy for us as religious people to go, oh, cool, we'll take communion. Got it covered. Problem solved. But we know, and we know well, how Jesus and the prophets feel about religious people who think the answers are all just found in being super religious. Who think that if they just go to church and do the right thing and say the right thing and have a good ritual, everything will be all right. Jesus knows something else is meant to occur in our hearts and in our lives. They want signs, the people who are following Jesus. They want to know that what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is teaching is authoritative, that it matters. And so they say, why don't you give us a sign like when Moses rained down that holy bread from heaven and Jesus' response is, you're looking for miracle bread? I'm the miracle bread. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. And this is, I got to say, it's not just strange, it's profoundly offensive, Jesus' language. You should know that. He's talking to a people, there are very specific prohibitions written out where it says like drinking blood is, is abominable. So we can't hear this and go, oh, well, this is an ancient ritual where it, no, 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 no. When he says eat my flesh and drink my blood, his, these people are not just grossed out, they're scandalized. How dare you speak like this and say these difficult things to us? Just save us. Or just teach us something we can actually understand. But Jesus isn't just here to teach us how to be better people. And Jesus is, didn't just show up to heal a few folks and say, look at the magic God can do and then go about his business. Jesus came to this place to transform our lives, to change our world, and to bring us all into healing and reconciliation. And he says, if you are interested, if you are serious about your heart and your life being changed and about partaking in a life that is eternal, that lasts forever and cannot die, it's not enough for you to learn a couple of things or say a couple of things or go to the right synagogue or church to vote the right way, to have the best arguments, you need something more. To eat the flesh and to drink the blood of Jesus is language that helps us to understand our very nourishment, how we feed ourselves in our daily lives is meant to be centered in Jesus in the God of love. Our very food and drink is love. 
Any wisdom we can get, it's not by reading something or by going to all the right places. It is about constructing, building lives that are nourished, fed the bread and wine of true and real unconditional love. How do we build our lives around the love that is unending? How do we make the most of our time? How do we make our life rooted and grounded in the love that creates all things? Well, this is hard for me. Because, frankly, I, I'm, I don't know about you, but after a year and a half plus of all the things we've been through, I'm tired and I'm not looking for more things to add to my list to become a better person. I mean, just honestly. Like, I actually was, you know, I've seen articles, the think pieces that are like, how have you improved yourself and made yourself a better person during the pandemic? And I'm like, delete. Please, please don't. I can't, I, we're here trying to, like, be people and survive and experience life and remember what love is like and what, what care and intimacy and closeness are like. And someone's like, oh, yes, but uh, have you maximized your work time and learned how to fit? Actually, stop, stop. So when I say, hey, you want, you want to experience and make the most of the time and experience eternal life? How are you going to make your life about the flesh and blood of Christ? How are you going to do that? Well, I have good news for you. You're not in it alone. You know, I hate, um, I hate when sermons become, you know, grammar lessons. However, however, here north of the Mason-Dixon, our English is a little diminished. Because when Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you won't know eternal life, we think he's talking to each of us individually. And when Paul says, hey, make the most of the time, we think he's talking to each of us individually. But if we read the old English and it said, eat ye and drink ye all, or make ye the most, or if we lived just a little bit south of us and we could hear the English appropriately, Jesus would say, y'all need to eat this and drink this. Y'all need to construct your lives in such a way where your nourishment as a people, as a y'all, as a group of people, that you need to, as a people, be nourished and fed by the love that feeds and creates all things. Paul wouldn't say, hey, are you maximizing your time? Paul would say, are you all, as a people, taking the time that you're given as a community and using it to care for each other, to care for this world, and to participate with God in the reconciliation that God is enacting in this world right now. You are not alone. We are about to baptize Jamie Roth into this church. Are we doing that just for her so she can go to the right place when she dies? Is that what this is about? Or are we baptizing her into a community of love so that she can make us more beloved and that we can surround her with the love for which she is made, nourish her with the food and drink, the bread and wine of Christ, which is true, sacrificial and caring love, participating with the God of all creation in making this world a beautiful, 
a just, healing, reconciling world. You cannot do this all by yourself. You cannot make it all by yourself. This is one thing that the evil times have taught me for sure. I can't do this by myself. And neither can you. And neither can Jamie and she shouldn't have to. We are building something, friends. We're going two, two steps forward and one step back, but we are building something. A community that is rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. How do we eat this flesh? How do we drink this blood? What does that look like? Well, for us as Redeemer, it looks like recognizing and seeking our own belovedness. It looks like us seeking to be united in relationships of holy connection and communion. It looks like us as a community seeking to grow with people of every age and race and gender and sexual orientation and socioeconomic situation and political persuasion. It looks like us seeking to be inspired by our own understanding of why we are Christian, why we are Episcopalian, why Redeemer matters to us, and it looks like us being sent into the world rooted and grounded in the love of Christ to serve all people with humility, compassion, and faithfulness. And if it sounds like I have that written down in my head, I do. We have it written down all over our website and in our bulletins and in our front. It's the vision of this church. When you are trying to figure out what it means for this community to make the most of the time, for this community to know Jesus and grow in love, for this community to be fed by the food and drink of the love that creates and binds and heals all things, you need to look no further than the vision that we've set forth and say, how can we participate in this? How, who are we inviting into this life? And how will we, all of us, be transformed, nourished, fed, and sent out by the ones we bring into our midst? by the lives that are transforming us even now, by the world that is absolutely saturated in the love of God. How will we, my friends, make the most of our time? In Jesus' name.